0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority.
1: Have uh, you any imported cigars?
2: The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host... A jelly donut! David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you, and I care. Barry Stein. I'm going to use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan.
0: They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful.
2: What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Up smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I
3: got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
2: Light 'em up, light
4: them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, June 16, 2018, broadcasting live from the La Dominicana Cigar Sound stage. And today, for cigar retailers, today is the Super Bowl of Cigar Retail. It's Father's Day weekend. And a lot of little cigar this week. This can make or break their entire year. We're going to pull back the curtain and discuss what others are saying behind closed doors. Are the big cigar companies trying out to eliminate the competition by destroying
1: the industry? We're going to name names. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. And you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com.
4: Okay, before we start the show, uh, we have some uh, news to report, some terrible news to report. Our guest today for the show will not be joining us today. Scheduled today was Eric Hansen from Hammer and Sickle Cigars and his dad, which we referred to as Popsicle. His name is Rick, uh, Eric, actually, um, and uh, they will not be here. Um and to tell us uh, why and what has happened uh, and uh, explain to us is the national sales manager for Hammer and Sickle Cigars, our friend Eric Wentworth.
5: Thanks for having us, boys. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to read a quick statement here uh, that was prepared for me by Anthony Filetra, who is the CEO of Clin Group. It is with a heavy heart that I am here today to inform you of the passing of our chairman and friend, Eric P. Hansen. Eric was one of the most innovative minds in the world of vodka and cigars, and he will truly be missed. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, his wife, Jennifer, his daughters, Caroline and Ella, his mother and father, Martha and Rick, and his sister, Ellen. Eric created a path and a plan for both vodka and cigars. We will honor Eric by continuing to follow his path. The day-to-day operations as chairman of Group will be headed up by Rick Hansen Eric's father. Rick will be transitioning the current president and CEO, Anthony Fletra, to take the role over. We are extremely fortunate to have Rick during these trying times. The day-to-day operations for Clint Tobacco will be headed up by myself. And it's, yeah, it's going to be challenging. Um, these are going to be really hard times for all of us within the company. Um, we want to thank everyone for their condolences during this time. Eric will be missed, but not forgotten. So with that being said,
4: yeah, let's, to- let's toast I think we to should Eric toast. Hansen. A uh, good friend of the show and uh, personally. Great guy. We've already uh, lit up our cigar, the uh, Hermitage, which is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. You guys all have it. Again, none of us saw this coming and uh, knew of anything. We, we had a... <laughs> three-day event planned with uh, Eric and his dad uh, Thursday, Friday, and today's Saturday, starting off with our show today and uh, ending tonight with a cigar dinner where we have 120 people um, attending, and the show must go on. Uh, the, the dinner will, will happen. And um, the, the reason for the cigar dinner that we do every year, Father and Son Cigar Dinner, is, um, you know, you never know... Um, what happens in life that um you know you, you're with your dad one day and uh, the next day he's gone and you wish you could have that cigar with him uh even if they're not a cigar smoker to sit down and um you know the, the the event is not a um a lot going on besides a, a bunch of father and sons and in my case my father and my daughter and um in this case the son died And, you know, you don't know either way what's going to happen. Life is short. And uh, here it is, um, you know, eight days ago, uh, he passed. And, you know, we did the show last week, and and we knew what happened. And um, everybody was on a, um, you know, need-to-know type of basis. Well, people were trying to figure it out, what has happened. So we we said nothing, and we we didn't bring up that Eric was going to be on the show or anything. But we knew, and it it was a, a rough week. I know it was <laughs> tough for you guys, oh, and we very bad.
5: appreciate the discretion.
4: And uh, not not hard to, to not <laughs> say, say anything to anybody, but to actually go on with the show. And um, last week and this week, too, you know, I always look forward to doing the show, but the past couple of weeks, yeah. um, you know, it was a whole different thing because, you know, having this information and uh, – not doing it. Maybe this is going to actually make us feel better that we're talking about it. Who knows how we all grieve in this but um, you know um, Eric um, was a customer here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. That's how I know him first. Mm -hmm. And he used to come in the store and um, really under the radar type of guy that he'd come in and, and walk himself into the humidor and grab four or five boxes of Davidoff cigars and go to the register and it'd be a couple of thousand dollars rung up and then you know if if i was up in the office or whatever he would go into his car put the cigars away come back in and then ask for me and i'd come down and i would say oh eric how are you what's going on and he says oh i brought you not a bottle of vodka a case of vodka <laughs> and i say no no i'm all set and he says well you know give it, somebody comes in or something give them a drink or whatever and you have it in your office or whatever or, or take it home or whatever you want to do and i said no let me let me get some what do you need what do you do he says i'm all set because he came in and he bought the scars put them in the car and all that and this stuff would go on for the longest time and um you know we, we have a bag of candy here that, that um barry uh, Bought before the show because this is how Eric would come in
5: um, it was his calling card
4: yeah with a bag of candy and you know just trying to make that was a nice it, touch Barry thank you just trying to make everybody happy
1: and and, and to, what he did. to Eric I mean this is the first time I've ever seen Barry reach into his pocket to buy anything so I think <laughs> really? Eric Hansen may have rubbed off on you oh in some way
4: oh my god way. Well, you're talking about a a man that was a philanthropist. How do I say it? Philanthropist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're close. (laughs) No, No, he he wasn't. Way Way to go there (laughs) on the foot. Yeah,
1: but he was a guy who gave a lot.
4: When I tell you a lot, I mean it was part of his job was giving, giving to people. Um, And one of the most generous people. You don't know about it because he didn't want it to be known. And I'll even say um, the Cigar Association of New Hampshire, we did one of our first fundraisers. And uh, there he was at the very beginning, new to the cigar industry, and of course he's in. Uh, our first advertiser here on the Cigar yeah. Authority was Eric Hansen. Well,
1: that pizza party raised however much money it raised. And at yeah, the it was end, like he it, made the announcement, whatever you raise today, I'm going to match it.
4: Right. So it was $14,000. And he paid his way in, which was whatever it was for a manufacturer to be there, along with giving the cigars and being there himself. And um, you know, there was all the retailers there in New Hampshire, and most of which who didn't even carry his product. And um, he said, "Yeah, let me know how much that was." And I said, "It was about fourteen grand." He goes, "We'll find out exactly how much it was." And I'm like, "Well, he wants to know exactly how much it was." And I'm like, "Okay." And I come back fourteen thousand two hundred twenty dollars, and he goes, "Okay." And opens a checkbook and writes $14,220. And here you go. And I go, are you sure you want to do this? You don't have to do this. And he said, I want to do it. And I said, okay. And just doubled. There's so many stories. I mean, we could do the whole two hours on telling you so many things that have happened. He sponsored my wedding. Right.
6: I mean, he gave my wife and I all the vodka we needed and all the ginger beer we needed for our Moscow mules. Yeah. Just...
4: So many things of right. he'd be in the store and a, a man in uniform, a uh, military guy, right. would come up with a box of somebody else's cigar and I would see him catch it on the corner of his eye. He'd say, excuse me? And he'd walk over the register and he would make the purchase for them. They were buying somebody else's brand yep. and he paid for it. He didn't try to say, let me give you mine instead or anything like that. No, he just didn't even say he was with a cigar company. Yep. His one of mine, I want you to give mine a try. There was no other thing than let me do this for this person. That
5: was it. He loved our military. He was great to him. I remember once I was on a plane, um, and he was in first class and a guy in uniform came through. He got right up, gave his seat to him. Oh my god. And uh it's
4: just I've it, never met somebody like that in my life. I, I know a lot of caring and giving person. I try to be that myself, but this guy was in a different league. Everybody
6: yeah. a lot of people in life to a degree are selfish. He was he had no ounce of selfishness oh in his Oh my body.
4: god, it, w- it was the craziest thing. So, you know, we run um promotions in, inside Two Guys Smoke Shop and Eric, I think you were there that day um I was in the Nashua store, and it was the end of a quarter, of the end of a month, and they see old 5 yes. Freddie running around like a nut, and everybody's uh, looking at the register where it is, and it was uh, a, a tight <clears throat> month, or quarter, whatever we were at.
6: It was a year ago this month.
4: Really? Yes. And um, I believe you're right. Yeah. So he said he Eric says, "What's going on with him? I see, you know, he's got a jump in a step or something." I said, "Ah, trying to close out the month and try to to make." the bonus and whatever is going on and he said what does he need to get there and i said ah it's four or five thousand dollars whatever it is i said i don't know exactly what it is and he gets up and he says freddie what do you need to do and freddie said oh whatever it's never mind it's whatever he goes well how far are you off and he goes like 4200 or something and he says oh okay and then eric comes by back to where i was sitting grabs his uh Wallet and keys Mm -hmm. and whatever was there and stuff, and said, I'll be right back. I got to go shopping. And he goes into the Humidor with piles and piles of other people's brands of cigars and make you know, he has to take a couple of trips because it's $4,200. And he said, Um. We should be there. And he rings him up, and, you you know, even the employees are saying, You sure you want to do this? This is crazy. And he says, No, I need to do it. He, I need to do it, is what he would say. And rung him up, and he's there, and he says, okay. He says, guess what? The guy came back, sits with me, he says, hey, the guys made their numbers for the month. And I said, you know that cost me $15,000. <laughs> and he said, good. <laughs> you should be happy. And I said, I am happy. I said, I've never met anybody like you in my life. And I'm, I'm glad I got to say that to him a whole bunch of times. When I would see him do that, I've just never seen him somebody like this. And he
6: cracked open one of the boxes and gave everybody yeah. a lot of the cigars. Yeah.
1: Yep. That was probably my favorite thing about him is that if he was buying a box of cigars, everybody that worked that day was getting one of the cigars yeah. that he bought.
4: I even gave him he, the, the first Coiba Bahique. It was brand, brand new. It was the talk of the town. And he came from Russia or wherever he had visited. And he came back and he said, you ever hear of this? And I said, it was a three-pack, right? The three-pack originally came open. Yes. Do you ever hear of this? And I said, I did. I said, oh, my God. I said, this is it, huh? I said, it's absolutely the real deal. He says, oh, it's the real deal. So he says, uh, have one. I said, no, no, no. He said, well, I never had it before, so let's smoke it together. And I said, okay. And then he called Ed out from the back, and he says, Ed, pick one. And... You know, there's three different sizes of them, and, you know, we're going for the small one or whatever. And he goes, just pick the one you want. And I said, no, no. And he goes, no. He says, let me pick first. And he took the small one. And, you know, it was like just (laughs) there's so many. There's so many things like this that happen over and over and over again. Uh, The guy batted a 1,000. I mean, there was never a time that he didn't wow me. That's why he
5: loved the cigar industry, because it was about a brotherhood. It it was about experiences, not alone you know you're you're smoking with somebody and yeah enjoying the experience with someone else
1: he used and to always refer to hammer and sickle as a lifestyle brand correct it wasn't that he was just pitching vodka like everybody else was pitching vodka or pitching cigars like everybody else he believed that the the idea was to you know much like a, a rich guy might come in and buy a davidoff or a padrone and this is their lifestyle brand but this was the working man's lifestyle brand correct a way to step up without really breaking the bank yep
5: and yeah that's he lived it absolutely he lived the hammer and cycle lifestyle
6: no we always we always joke around or we we always say that uh the cigar shop is the is the great equalizer you'll have wealthy guys hanging out with blue collar guys and he was the epitome of that because here's a guy that comes from a very wealthy family he was well to do in life but he didn't matter what your station was. He uh, treated you no different than somebody at the country club. Yeah. It didn't matter if you did wash dishes for a living, whatever. You were the same as the person that managed a multimillion-dollar portfolio.
4: And and I saw those people at The Wake, which, by the way, was um, a good hour-long out to the street, Easy. down the street, around the corner. At all times. Uh, yeah. It just didn't stop. Uh, I, It started at 4 o'clock, so I thought I'd play it safe and get there at 4 o'clock. There was 200 people that thought the same thing before me because uh, I had to be at least 200th in line uh, at the opening, and it never stopped.
1: Yeah, I got there uh, at—we closed at 6, so I was there by about 6.35, and I waited an hour and 15 minutes in line long. Yeah. Although I did find out— one of your guys jc was cutting people in line on the other side and that's why it took so long yeah he was <laughs> smuggling like to, people in yeah i'd like to file a formal complaint i was so <laughs>
6: confused by that by so the way, you had the memorial service at, at vesper after the uh, cemetery this past week correct and there's people from the chat room from vesper and they uh, they want to thank eric wentworth uh for properly showing them how to light and enjoy a cigar on thursday oh. so there's people from his country club yeah listening to the show today. Okay. Well,
5: I had fun with you guys. I appreciate you being there and uh, helping us get through this tough time together. Boy, uh, a, a lot of friends,
4: um, you know, that many people. And, you know, when you're talking 45-year-old man that, that has, has yeah, left 45. us. 45. Um, it was 2008 that he started um, the Hammer and Sickle Clin Group, the vodka. Um, and very shortly after, um, the cigars. Um, 2010, we shipped our first cigars. Okay. And, um, you know, a young man, but so very smart that um, this is a guy that I would sit and talk with, and even the way he taught me, and and you've been with him for five years now, right? I mean, he he had a way of teaching you that you didn't feel like an idiot
5: as he was teaching me, you know, what I don't know. Well, you guys knew me beforehand. Right. I'm a completely different person. The day after I was hired, he changed me without me knowing. Yeah. He just had a subtle way of making people better. Yeah. And yeah. It, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done for me and my family. And he taught
4: me how to be a better retailer, and he was never in retail. Right. <laughs> you know, just so many things that, you know, remember him teaching us of, oh, yeah, if you put something here, you're going to force them to walk in this direction. The and,
1: interruptions. And, yeah. yeah.
4: So many different things. Violators. Violators, yeah, yes. Violators. Uh, There were so many things because he understood it in liquor industry or whatever. And this was the great thing about somebody from outside this industry coming into this industry to make this industry better at that point. And you've seen things, believe me, you've seen things in other people's stores and other companies that have done things. And it stems from um, what he brought into this industry and uh, just amazing stuff. Um, the, um, The packaging. Yeah, which was ev- everything so unique. It's it's glass boxes, marble boxes, leather boxes, everything but wood. One time he used wood, but, oh, no, it wasn't regular wood. It was wood that he took from barrels, wine barrels. Bordeaux
5: wine barrels. Yeah. He had bor- wine barrels deconstructed in France, shipped to us. And then he had a craftsmiller. A shipbuilder in uh, Portsmouth, In right? Portsmouth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put them together. Yeah. It took the guy to build the boxes. It took him about seven months just to construct the boxes it was nuts
1: so we had had him on the show i think it might have been the first time and we were taking calls at the time my grandfather calls in from florida and he asks us a bunch of questions that had nothing to do with hammer and sickle and that's who we're we're talking to eric from Mm. hammer and sickle and he's just talking about different cigars that he smoked and eric entertained him and then after he hung up he said to me that's your grandfather and i said yeah he goes i'm buying him a box of second growth right and at the at the end i said that was great that you said it on the show and Everybody heard you, and it's awesome, absolutely unnecessary. And he said, I already bought it. It's in the bag waiting for you behind the counter. Yeah. So there was no way I could talk him out of it.
4: Yeah, your 90-year-old grandfather, smoking from smoking cheap cigars to smoking that, right?
5: $32 a piece? 30, yeah, $600. Yeah. Change box.
1: So I had given him to my grandfather when he finally came up from Florida And he starts handing them out to everybody. And I knew he was going to do it. So I go around behind the scenes with a a box of regular hammer and sickle. And I traded every single cigar back out (laughs) and said, you don't understand. This is Grampy's cigar. I'm so sorry. I told them the story. They all understood. They took the second cigar and I put it back in. So to him, this box never ran out. And at the very end, he, he, he and I ended up smoking the last cigar together. And he said, uh. Well, that was very nice of that man to give me these cigars. And I said, yeah, they were $32 or $33 a piece. And he choked on his cigar. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I after said, it's I, over. Yeah, I can't the way believe it. I would never would have smoked him. And I right. go, I understand.
4: That's why we told you, right? So uh, – and a, and a lot of people in the cigar industry don't know Eric Hansen because he wasn't the front guy, right? He's not the guy that wanted, you know, he was nice enough because he was a local enough to actually come on our show. But more than not, you're the guy that's usually on the people shows, right?
5: The idea of Hammer & Sickle, the lifestyle brand, was to build a brand around the brand, not around a person. Right. Because he, he had so many things going on. Right. He wasn't just doing vodka and cigars. He had a million other things yeah. he was involved in. So he didn't have the time to travel and do all that stuff, so it, it was about the brand and not a person. Yeah and uh, but if you didn't yeah. get a chance to ever meet
4: him and know him, I'm telling you we're uh, we're, we're all um, he was the best yeah missing. It's a, it's a major missing element here in the industry. And you hear it of old-timers that have been in the cigar industry for a long time. And this guy is less than 10 years that he's in the industry. This industry, believe me, is, it's a major loss for our industry. And a lot of people don't even know it. Um, the uh, Cigar Authority, which is a podcast, uh, we also do it on video, on a vodcast. You can uh, watch it on YouTube. The most watched YouTube ever for the cigar authority was with Eric Hansen. It was September 19, 2015, the introductory introduction of the trademark Maduro. Um, there's That's thousands been, of people out that,
1: for three years, unbelievable.
4: Yeah, and um, it would be other people in in the cigar industry. I, I would say more people in the cigar industry um, that own other brands and other. Parts of the industry, as opposed to the consumer, knew who Eric Hansen was and and would look um, Nelson Alfonso that um, does out-of-band Byron that you know mesmerized to the packaging and uh, you know the the way he's branding and what he's doing and stuff and I and, and you said in your comment that this is going to continue. The idea is. He's built this thing, and it continues on from here, and I I certainly hope it does because— We're not going anywhere. All right. um, But when it comes to the IPCPR this year, which is less than 30 days away now—
5: We will not be making it to the IPCPR this year. And, you know, again, we want to stress that we are not going anywhere. Um, Just the timing of everything doesn't work out. Yeah. I mean, Um, the
4: booth was bought and paid for and everything was all set. You were going, but then this happens. And
5: we have a lot to figure out in the next couple months here. And, uh, you know, we're taking a week off. You know, now it would be me going and I'd probably have to bring Anthony Fletcher. Yeah. Who has training to become the chairman and run this entire company. And it it just doesn't work out. We don't have the time right now. Um, We are not going anywhere again. But. We won't be at the trade show. Um, but you're still in business. Still in business, not going anywhere. And we look forward to seeing everybody next year. Good, good. Um, so, you know, I
4: meeting a lot of people and, and passing on stories at the and Funeral with people, you're talking about presidents of banks and country clubs. And, you know, mm-hmm. as Barry said, along with the um, guy that did... The lawns, yep. you know, was everybody was there, everybody. It was amazing to see some of the people. And, you know, it's one of those r- rooms filled with people that they didn't all belong together, but they did all belong together because they crossed his paths for right. one reason or another. And, and that's the way he looked at it. They, yeah.
5: They, we all do belong together. He had it right. Yeah. Money doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. We're all just people get along. Same interests.
1: We're all part of the same race.
5: Exactly. Human. And, you know, he had it right. He didn't, he didn't judge on anything. Yeah.
1: So. Eh, personality sometimes. That's a good point. He hated you. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And for good reason. For good reason. I'm just kidding. He
4: loved no, his, his, uh, his humor was the best. And if you, it's food, as soon as you first met him and you didn't get it or something, you're not part of the thing. And then you know, half hour into it or something, you say, "Oh, this guy is really funny." But at the beginning, maybe the you movie quotes. Yeah. you just wouldn't oh. expect oh, someone. Eighties movie quotes. It was a he'd be. I'd throw the most bizarre one out there, and he'd be the only one in the place to get it. And I go, "You're the guy. You're the guy. I can." But he would fit. It, it didn't matter who you were because if there was somebody else into something else, he could be the guy for that too.
5: He knew everything. He really did. He was involved in everything. If he was interested in it, he knew it the next day.
6: He had the raciest jokes, too. He would leave and I'd couldn't stop laughing. My sides would hurt, and fortunately, the jokes we can't share on the podcast. Yeah, because, but,
4: because that's yeah. what you liked. So yeah. Then he went into your thing. Yep.
6: He became a degenerate just like me.
4: And then he would go sit and talk with me, and then it'd be right on to business or whatever yeah. he's getting yeah. right right into that because that was my thing. And mm. he he was a chameleon. You just yeah. go to the next person, yeah. and, and then he
1: talked to me, and we'd all be all about Barbie dolls, yeah, and getting dressed up. Yeah. That's
4: pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, you know, I, I, I just can't be any more sad for, for, uh, for, for you know, and I know he was your, your best buddy, man. It was five years you were connected to him, so. Uh, I guess, we were
5: inseparable. We did, yeah. you know, everything together. You know, the, our office was set up that way. He set up the office with people he wanted to hang out with because right. we spent 40, 50, 60 hours a week together. Yeah. And we all just had a good time. We were, it, that's what it was about, having fun, getting work done, and so you're going to come tonight to the father and son dinner. I'm going to be
4: there. And you'll say to the to the group the same thing. This is the information we have. Yep. And uh, I know everybody will understand, you know, every year it's a different father and son. And this year, you know, eight days, there was no time to make any changes or anything. And nor would I want to make any changes, but uh, we'll think of him. And... Um, those that are coming that l- listen to the show the show must go on he would want it to be
5: yep, we're just going to yeah. have
4: fun we're going to say what we've got to say at the beginning and then everybody enjoy your your children and enjoy your father because you never know and that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. so you Eric, never know thank you for everything thank you for coming on it wasn't necessary I, I tried to actually talk him out and said you don't have to do this we'll say what we've got to say and, and you know Eric would want you to have done this nope 100%. go out there and do it right yep. so you do so do you got to do gotta it. Do. you got to
5: push through. And, uh, you know, the company's going to go on. He'd probably joke around and tell you a way to bring down a room. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what happened, was. Right?
4: Yeah. And, and make it right? So, we're going to try not to bring the room down. We're going to get back to the regularly scheduled portion of the show after this break. We're going to take a break right now. Eric, thank you for coming with it, coming in with guys. us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the cigar industry and pull back the curtain. What are the family-owned and operated cigar companies saying about the big companies Something's going on, and I don't like it. I'm going to name names, and we're going to dig in deep when I return. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This is David Garofalo, and you've heard me say it over and over again for many years. Please support your local cigar retailer. And I mean it. If you don't buy from them, they will go away, and then what? What? There'll be no place to go. That being said, sometimes you're far away from any cigar shops or a place that doesn't carry the stuff you've been hearing about and you wanna try it. That's where Two twoguyscigars.com comes in. It's the number Two twoguyscigars.com. And unlike most online cigar shops, at Two twoguyscigars.com, you can buy a single cigar of whatever you want. You don't have to buy boxes or even five packs and suffer through cigars you might not even like. One of this and one of that is acceptable, appreciated, and commonplace at 2GuysCigars.com. That's the number 2GuysCigars.com. Thank you for your business.
7: Ooh, we're going to have fun.
2: When the Cigar Authority returns on the United Podcast Network.
0: There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series, from Hammer & Sickle
3: Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars. They give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars.
4: Now for the amazing part, La Galera Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut Cigar because they demand more.
6: Hi, this is Nestor Miranda from Miami Cigar and you are listening to the Cigar
2: Authority.
4: And we are back. Live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Soundstage, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Now in our ninth year, you can find The Cigar Authority on social media. Please be our friend. Subscribe to the show and give us a review. Not just a review, a five-star review. Welcome back, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. That was a rough uh, segment. Yeah. I've been thinking of that all week that I had to get on here and uh, talk about it, but... It's supposed to be good for you, right? You're supposed to get it out and say it, but again, I could go on for hours of uh, the different uh, things he's added to my life and a lot of people, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, Let's get back to uh, the regular show and start making, uh, joking around and trying to be uh, telling stories or whatever. Well, of
1: course, your next story is not a joke either. It's not a joke.
4: So, you know, I had Rocky Patel up here last week. We did an event with him and to, talking to him about um, what's going on in the cigar industry. And then different retail. I heard from a lot of manufacturers over this week because they knew uh, how close I was with Eric. And uh, he's a local boy up here. And uh, so, you know, we'd talk about that. And then we'd get into some... Um, regular cigar business, what's going on, and FDA, warning labels, all the stuff that's going on, the trade shows coming up, and you know everything that's happening in the cigar business. But this has been going on for the longest time of me hearing from um, the smaller manufacturers talking about the bigger manufacturers and what they seem to be doing to us, the negative stuff that's happening um, uh, in the background. It, negative or maybe doing nothing right Right. while they're working their ass off trying to make things better um they're not getting any action from the bigger companies and then finally something was actually posted and i saw it so somebody just couldn't take it anymore and said that's it i'm just going to say it and this is facebook right i think
1: it certainly looks like facebook okay
4: so it was uh, Carlos Calido Fuente Jr. This is uh, Calido Fuente from uh, Toro Fuente Cigar Company, and he writes, It seems very obvious that the big boys want to eliminate the family businesses that have gone and have gone against the hard fight the Cigar Rights of America, the CRA, has put their heart and souls behind to save the premium cigar industry there is presently a lawsuit against these unreasonable warning labels which will absolutely destroy the art tradition culture in century-old history of these beautiful cigar litrographs and the proud heritage of the artisan culture we must stand behind the legacy of family handmade cigar companies and family brick and mortar tobacconists of america these Big mass producers seem to do everything to eliminate the legacy of honored families whom have given their all through generations for the sake of marketing share, profits, and all the ambitious big cigar companies, which in many people's opinion is to control by destroying. Shame on them. So he put it out there, and he got a lot of backlash for it. I actually applaud him for for saying it. Um, and then comes the next one, and the next one, and then they're able to end up saying it. Somebody has said it, said it, broke ground, and said what it is. By saying it, maybe putting the, the spotlight on them, maybe this will slow them down or make them think. Because my feeling of this, and you know, taking one of these big, massive companies um, that, aren't even a, you know, there is not a person from the company. There is a president of the company, possibly, and he could be from this country or not this country. Right. Um, But the president of the company, of the corporation, is just a person that came in from another industry, came in, and his job is to raise revenue, raise market share, move the needle. And that's how he's judged, and that's his only job, what he does. And I've seen them come and go, believe me. They do it. They destroy things around them. And then they leave. They're off to Procter & Gamble or off to Coca-Cola, whatever right. next corporation they're going to go to. In the meantime, destroying this. And this is what's going on. And as we're in this battle right now with FDA, you're seeing some of the companies coming out. And we're saying to them, no, no the, the warning labels are going to destroy us. No, nope, <coughs> they produce the package that doesn't destroy their packaging. And they say, oh, no, here it is. In other words, screw them. Yeah, months before it has to be done. Right. It's almost like waving a white flag. In the meantime, that we have a lawsuit that mm-hmm. say we're not going to do it. Well, you're saying it's okay, we're giving up, and we're talking about the guys with the most market share that end up doing it. So in the end, we lose the battle because we're, we're fighting, and within our little group— We have a wolf
1: in sheep's clothing, really.
4: And, and there's a few of
1: them. It looks like they're on our side because they happen to sell a product that looks similar— to handmade premium cigars and it isn't that.
6: Well, they're they're panicking because they're losing market share. I think it's out of pure panic. You know, somebody, they're the bully. Bully picks on you, what are you gonna do? You, You fight back. The bully, the pick on person fights back you team up with another bully
4: to kick the guy back down. Right. Well, the David Goliath sim- syndrome yes. that's happening here. And the Goliaths, I mean, it, 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 they have more money. They have more resources. They have everything. And when all is said and done, when it ends up happening, the little guy, and I've seen it in other industries, to, to understand what's going to happen in this industry, you've got to look at under, other industries where mon- monopolization has happened and this type of thing goes on. And you see exactly what happens, which is the little guy gets stamped out, he's gone, and then they rise to the top. When they rise to the top, and maybe you're, you, the consumer, you're buying because it's a better price and all that. But what ends up happening is once they squish those other guys out, then they raise the prices at that point. Okay, right. we got them out, and now, okay, the prices go up. So they even using the consumer against the 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 small uh manufacturer and that goes for brick and mortar retailer also because some of these guys are opening massive retail operations on top of it and once again squashing out the american-owned family owned and operated retail establishment so he mentions right in there not only does he talk about manufacturing the manufacturer itself but he's also saying the brick and mortar retailer also so he's standing up for us we i think we have to stand up for him too absolutely so, uh, again, if it's something we learned from Eric Hansen, right? You, you try to help everybody, even if it's uh, not something, you know, he's not a brick-and-mortar retailer, but, and, he, and he does sell to these massive companies, but we've got to do something.
6: It's the Walmart mentality. You look, Main Street America is pretty much gone due to the big box store, and that's what these manufacturers want to do. They want to be the big box go- store and destroy Main Street America
4: oh it 's not it 's not going to go well and i 'll tell you I, when I was in this originally open two guy smoke shop, we sold cigarettes too, and I quickly learned the cigarette industry was the mass producers, the big giant guys, and uh, i didn 't like them and I would meet the little cigar manufacturer guy and I loved them and over a few years i said okay i 'm going to eliminate cigarettes altogether and i 'm going to just go with what I like uh, if i 'm going to do this the rest of my life. Let me do it with people I want to hang out with. And, absolutely. Uh, you know, Surround
1: yourself with those you love.
4: Yeah. So I ended up doing that, and now here we are with the cigar industry is going into that direction, and I don't like it.
1: Even, and correct me if I'm wrong, even our trade show organization, the IPCPR, is set up in such a way that if you have the money, you can succeed, and if you're a smaller company, absolutely. you absolutely struggle. They put the the little guys tucked away in the back corner
4: and 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 it was one of the things as I sat on that board of directors for two three-year terms that was part of my thing to try to end up changing it and those that were on the board that sat with me know what I would bring up all the time is I said let's do this more like the old mall mentality and have the anchor stores in the corners yes as opposed to right in the front row blocking every single thing. They put up massive walls, and there's a little guy in the back of the massive wall. Nobody can see, and the, and the guy's new.
1: And their sales pitch to him is, well, you'll get, you know, when they come out of the back door of that booth, you'll get them flowing into your there's booth. No, there's it's, no, there's, there's no, no back door. door. <laughs> the, the
4: guy's in nowhere's land, and he can't be seen. So looking at the stats that I would look at each time, I said, you know, the average new cigar company that comes in lasts an average of one and a half years, and they're gone. One and a half years. I said, so we have no future. Right. You know, we as a cigar store, if my average customer was... 60 years old we got 20 years to go and we're going to have no customers so we got to bring in new people we as the ipcpr need the the new retailer the new manufacturer to actually succeed so i want to do the opposite i wanted them on the corners in the back especially if they have a wall put them in the back you're automatically going to be go- people are going to be going to them and then have these the front four rows designated with balloons on them as their new retailers. The following year, they go back to the next thing and then work it on and give them a shot and help the new guy. I don't know who the new guy is, right? but whoever he's going to be, let's help him because the business, as I wore that hat of IPCPR, my business was for that to grow, for the IPC to grow. Well, it doesn't grow when... And I and I look at the, at the floor plan of this year. It's the massive companies that are in front blocking all the little guys, and the little guys... You know, if, if they don't do a good show, it's enough to,
1: to cripple them. Yeah, sometimes they don't write enough orders to just cover being at the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many times, if you were to put a dollar into an ATM and then it ate it every single time, how many times are you going to put that right. dollar in?
4: So after a few years, they say, I'm not going to do the show anymore. They don't do the show anymore. And now they have no visibility. And then a year or two after that, they're not even in business anymore. And just watch this thing happen more every than, single time. More, more than one
1: company has said to me it would be <coughs> more cost effective for them to fly to their top 10 accounts. Yeah. Take them out for a round of golf, get, wine them and dine them and really make them feel good. And they would spend less doing that to their top 10 accounts across right. the country than going to the trade show.
4: But they need new accounts. They need new retailers to carry their brands. How do they do that? And, we're, you know, I want to say it's, it's unfair, but it's not unfair because those guys built from maybe a small company at one time into there. Now they have the money, infrastructure, and people to be able to do it. Okay. But they but, had a
1: different IPCPR back then. Yeah. It was Absolutely. a different animal, yeah. much smaller, much more condensed. People were setting up boots as just tables with a, with a cloth behind them.
4: Yeah. So, um, actually, that, that post that I just read from Calido Fuente, I guess, was um, started the Facebook post on Cigar Aficionado and then shared by uh, Calido Fuente. So, it started at the Cigar Aficionado level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Cigar Aficionado level. Um, so who are the big boys? And I said I'd, I'd name names. Um, they are General Cigar, which is uh, Imperial Tobacco. You have Altadis, uh, You have uh, Swisher. And I could even say now possibly even Nat Sherman, which is Philip Morris, Altria, that right. owns that. Yeah, they're no
6: longer a family-owned company. Yeah,
4: so these are major corporations. And
1: I'm drawing a blank. Who bought a Oliva.
4: Jay Cortez. J. Cortez. J. Cortez. That's another. European company, but family it's still? Owned company family, owned. Owned, family owned. Still massive. Well, so. And, and you, and can, you be, can't
1: harm them for, be, for being successful. No, but, but they are, because of the, the size of their company, they become a threat. They, be, they, they become capable of being one of these big boys, in my opinion.
4: Well, in if, Europe, w- they are, but you'll, you'll, you may see in this country that they start acquisition. And starting because their competition are those big guys and they either become one of those big guys or get stamped out by one of those big guys right
1: so they're going to buy them
4: you know back to our crazy scenario of who's going to buy who and how it's going to go this is the reason why this type of thing is happening um so who are the family-owned brands? You know, bigger brands, because they're, they're all family-owned brands and stuff. But you look at somebody like Fuente. He's the one writing this. Mm-hmm. So he's a family-owned company. It's family-owned and operated. J.C. Newman, who's their distributor, but another family-owned company that's there. Rocky Patel, uh, LaFleur Lef- Dominicana, Padrone, Ashton. We're talking family-owned companies that are there. All successful, yeah. all doing very good. My father, family Yeah. Aren't
1: they also all on the board of... Um C-R-A.
4: CRA, CRA, these are your top CRA guys, and I mention this because when I do go to Washington, D.C., and you know I haven't in probably over a year now, but I've been many, many times say a dozen times, each time I go there, I bump into these same exact people that are there, the same ones, and why is it the same ones? Because, and I don't bump into the other ones, the big ones, they're not there, they actually have <coughs> a, their own lobbyists, their right. own people, because their agenda is different. And it's sad to say some of the agenda is actually to hurt the industry, which will in turn help them. But it, it, how does that end up helping them? Because the, the, the regulations are going to be so bad, it's going to put their competition out of business. It's going to hurt them too, but it's going to put them out of business, their competition, therefore they can rise. Take a
1: little pain now for a lot of gain later.
4: Absolutely. Um, so what do we do? What do we do? We don't so, want this to happen.
1: Why hasn't Fuente, J.C. Newman, Rocky Patel, the Florida Minicano, Padrone, all just joined forces and become that super group that we had on the board and kick everybody's ass, See bass?
4: Because then do they become one of them? Is
1: well, at that point you've got by you, they You've would. got yeah. all the no. You've Not got all these. A you've got all these done. families getting together to save the industry. <laughs> And then a rising these, tide raises all ships. But
6: you've got to put a board in place, and it no longer becomes about the family yeah. guidance.
1: Then it becomes the bottom line. And it, it just, you it, just made the opposite argument about Jay Cortez. Now you're switching sides on me.
4: No, but you're saying put all those people together, form a giant corporation, and then all of a sudden the giant corporation becomes a giant corporation. and then
1: But their motivation is different. Their motivation is pure versus just the business side of it. There's an art form to Fuente and Newman yeah, the, and Rocky Patel. the heads Patel. of
4: all these, comp- of, of these corporations, I may or may not even know who they are. Correct. And
1: but we had Rocky the, Patel, the head of his corporation, at the event. Yeah. Yeah. By oh. the way, what other industry has that where the, the main guy is standing there giving, giving the pitch on, on all of his cigars that he's got?
4: I, it, this is what I loved about the whole industry awesome. and stuff, that we, we go into the farm with the owner of Predomo and right. there's Nick Perdomo showing us the tobacco leaves, and, you know, you go, you know, it just wanted. Nick, don't you
1: have anything better to do? Yes,
4: he does, but. <laughs> um, the corporate president, bean counters, it's profit, market share, and leave us the mess. That's what ends up happening there, and. That's what happens, and it's sickening. It's it's crazy that it's happening, and I don't know what to do about it, but we got to think about what to do about, about it. But right now, let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars.
0: They're coming to take me away, ha-ha.
3: They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, he-he, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away.
6: It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that the two insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars, with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. A woman from Martha's Vineyard has filed a lawsuit against a Canadian company that she rented her house to. The lady rented her house to mile-high distribution, only to find out that every room in her house was used to film pornography. Scenes were filmed in the kitchen, on the sofa, and even in her bed. The lady stated that the rental agreement did not give them permission to film such movies that could have included the titles, Hiding the Cuban Missile, and Quickie. And that's not only insane, it's Asylum.
0: They're coming to take me away, haha! They're coming
3: to take me away, ho ho! Hee hee! ha, To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha!
4: I was quite proud of Chappaquiddick.
1: Chappaquiddick. Yeah.
4: You you giggle when you give the punchline, though <laughs> yeah. you can't do it. Stone I can't golf.
1: do it with a straight face.
7: <laughs> I don't
1: see why it w- why she would have a right to have that expectation because you're renting the house and then whatever you do in the house. uh, Do people not have sex when they rent houses? Well, I don't know what the the
6: agreement looked like, but there could have been something in there that the rental is not for commercial purposes. Therefore, they would be in violation of the agreement. If it's stipulated in there, she has a case. If it's not stipulated, she doesn't have a case. Well, what if
1: you're filming and at the time you don't know that these videos are going to go on the Internet, you're just filming, you know, for posterity's sake... Mile Man. High
6: Distribution is a big-time <laughs> pornography company, so they knew what they were doing.
1: You knew who I, they were.
6: They were in my browser history. There we <laughs>
4: go. go.
1: <laughs> Can't say as I'm surprised. So as,
4: <laughs> as he pulls his phone away from me at that moment, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> you know, Dave,
8: I think another point on the large corporations is even if you take it outside of the cigar industry, once you have shareholders— yeah, That's won't. what dictates the decisions you make. Yes. You know, if you're an independent owner, you can do something because it's the right thing to do. So Even the guy
4: the guy at the top of the helm you're saying may have no choice. He doesn't the, want to do it. He's he gonna
8: do what's that.
10: good for business.
4: Everybody has a boss
8: once you're in a public corporation, right? Yeah. The CEO has to answer to the board of directors, who in turn answer to the shareholders. So everything becomes about bottom line and we have to make our numbers this quarter here's what we have to do, we got to cut back on people, we got to cut back on what we're spending on product but they find a way to make all the numbers work.
1: And it's a double edged sword because if you decided as a consumer you were going to boycott those companies you're hurting somebody's job down the road. There's
4: There's other agendas and the cigar industry has three different companies that are fighting and actually spending the same, not the same amount of money, but spending money on the same exact issues. It seems insane to do it. You have the CRA, Cigar Rights of America, the IPCPR, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers, and the TAA, Tobacconist Association of America. I've been members of all three, and I ended up stopping a member of the TAA because I saw the direction. You mean CAA. CAA. Because I saw... We're
1: still a member of the TAA. TAA. We have plenty of those cigars to sell.
4: Yeah. The CAA, because their agenda was different than mine, and I said, okay, this does not match where I am, and I think it should go this way, and they think we're going to absolutely go that way, and I go, well, it's going to end up hurting. So I belong in the IPCPR, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailer, because that's what I am, right? So that's where I belong. (laughs) CRA is you, folks, that are listening to this. Cigar Rights of America, which is supposedly a group of consumers. So the consumer group, like the NRA, that was the whole idea right. behind yeah. it. The problem is they're just not getting enough people
1: to join it. If Everybody's, you're not a member, you need to be a member. You need to be a member. For $35, you're going to save yourself that in the, just in the taxes alone in the future.
4: Or we need some consolidation to happen within here the CRA and the IPCPR
1: consolidating
4: consolidating, being together as one
1: or something. Well, isn't that a tough decision to make because you've got these big companies with these massive booths who will in the end be funding, they'll be doubly funding on one side funding to make the regulations go away and on the other side part of the CAA trying to make the regulations happen. They're funding both sides. Would they pull out of the IPCPR? If the CRA joins them.
4: And I don't know if I want to say that the, the other side is making these things happen. I'm saying it. You're saying it, but, but I'm saying they're doing nothing to stop it. So they're almost there, you know, if this doesn't happen, that'd be nice. But if it does happen, that'd be nice too. So we're not going to make it happen but we're not going to do anything to stop it. The problem is they're better than 50% of the industry. So without them and, and, and some of the moves they make. So maybe they're listening. Maybe they're listening. and they, you Is know, that why
1: you're scared to say it?
4: Say what? I'm saying everything. I said their names. I said everything. <laughs> but what I'm hoping to end up happening is that they end up – that, that <coughs> Carlito was man enough to, to say it, that maybe – that now opens it up and we, we start talking about it because, you know, let's take Donald Trump, for instance. He went to North Korea. People yelling at him about, wow, you, you went and, and met with them, And, you know, I don't know what your politics are. I don't want to get into it. But wasn't it very smart to actually meet with them and talk about it? Let's talk about the problems that, that are in hand instead of not talking about it. So here's the problem that's in hand. We're trying to stop this so the warning labels don't have them. We have a lawsuit in place, we're doing this, this, this. And then you are coming along and saying, okay, here it is, we're putting our stuff out months early because even though you have a lawsuit, this thing might go away, we're saying we're fine with it the way it's going. You just hurt us doing this. Right. So you, you made an action that actually hurt us.
10: Don't you it.
1: think that that's deliberate? Possibly. What do you mean possibly? Yeah. Of course it's deliberate. You're trying to say, and I get you, you're trying to play both sides of it a little bit, but that isn't, that's an act of war. That's some Sin Su stuff. They're, they're doing it on purpose with forethought to hurt the industry.
4: They're paying to do it. It's costing them extra to actually make right. the move. Yeah, you can send
6: in as many boxes as you want before the deadline, the existing deadline, which could change without the warning label. Only the stuff that ships after said date needs the warning label.
4: Yeah, you know that the, 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 the other side, the, the people that want this FDA thing to happen, not, not in the cigar industry, um, that want these warning labels to happen are going to show up with the packages all done and say, yeah, they're fine. They're already doing it. And then, therefore, somebody it's would, a goes forward. It's a yeah, They handed them a bullet. Ugh, I hate that it's happening.
3: The one I thing it. I don't
6: understand is when I lived in New York, they had at the register um, a sign that said smoking was bad for you, yada, yada, yada. there was a picture of somebody with a hole in their throat or missing all their teeth or what have you. Yeah. And the retailers in New York, I think it was the New York Tobacconist Association, they won an argument that it was a violation of free speech. Yeah. How come they won that and we haven't won this on the same platform?
4: Yeah. And the stuff that we're writing on there, my argument continues to say, is we're writing things on there that are not true. Correct. Mm-hmm. Who picked those things and, and they're not true, and I want to make the argument. Prove to me that those things that, that are said on there are true. When it comes to cigars, right. that they're, they're true, and then we can go from there. But there's, there's little pushback, and, and these little companies, these bigger little companies that I, that I read out to you— um, i spending millions of dollars, man. They're bleeding out, and they're, and they're helping even the littlest of little little companies that can't spend that kind of money. But some of these little guys, I'm telling you, right after this trade show, we're only 30 days from the trade show. They're not going to have a good trade show, and it's curtains. It's over. curtain call. That's going to be it. So you're gonna you see them on the shelf right now. If you're interested, buy them because they're not going to be there. Or what can you as a consumer do to keep them alive?
1: You've got you've to buy smaller brands, period. You've got to help the people that are helping the industry. From smaller people. And I don't mean, I don't mean the smallest guy either. I mean, you could, you could certainly stock up on Perdomo's, and that's going to help because he's a medium-sized company. Those, those family-owned, family owned, where you know the name of the guy that owns the company, these are the cigars you should be buying.
4: I agree. I've always tried to support the little guy, and we even tell you here on, I own my own, sh- my own uh, stores, and I own my own mail-order company, but go to your favorite brick-and-mortar store. If always. they don't carry them, I'd love the business, believe me, but please go to your brick-and-mortar retailer. Keep them alive so you get a place to go to.
1: And most brick-and-mortar retailers would be happy to special order something if it's yeah. something that they don't stock.
4: All right. So, anyway, we barely talked about the Hermitage. Um, great cigar. Th- this is one that continues, right? Yes, discontinues. Correct. Yeah. Very smooth. Little, and maybe it's a mental caramel.
1: thing. What a great pairing with the vodka. And I'm not a yeah, I'm not an alcohol and cigars pairer. Someone sent me an email about uh, Balvini Twenty One, and what would I pair it with? And when you have something subtle like a Balvini or like a Hammer and Sickle, where there's there's just not an in your face flavor, you want to have a cigar that does have some in your face flavor yes. that'll stand up to the burn of the alcohol, and cutting it with water like we did with the ice cubes was the right play.
6: A hammer and sickle vodka doesn't have that burn. You know, it's not Fleischmann's. It's not a well vodka. <clears throat> this vodka is smooth enough to drink on its own. does not need a mixer.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you, but I like the couple of ice cubes in there just to... Well, I agree. I prefer still, chilled. It's still alcoholy. Yeah.
4: Well, in the next hour, we're going to smoke a cigar that um, they're not making it
1: anymore. Yeah, that was it. They made the 1,000 boxes, and, and that's game it. over.
4: And uh, Eric Hansen was kind enough to uh, give me box number 1,000 of 1,000 and signed it. Um, well, I'll tell you what he signed when we come back. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what's up in the cigar industry? What's coming up on the Cigar Authority in the future? And another cigar to light up. We'll tell you about that. It's Hammer and Sickle, and they don't make it anymore. We're live from... Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
8: Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for an
1: encore. In
9: a time where humidor's are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends: the Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, All aged to perfection, crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno to create the masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Estelian and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit serenocigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com Sereno, a majestic cigar
0: aged to perfection.
1: The 15th anniversary has also been named a Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habato uses a classic wrapper on a staple
4: cigar
10: will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino.
5: This is
2: good smoke.
10: This is the Cigar Authority.
2: Smoking cigar? sure. The authority on everything cigar. In and out of the cigar industry. you get nothing and I get... With your host... You smoke vile cigars all day. David Garofalo. Oh, that's fine, as long as you're imported. Mr. Jonathan. You should have caught me before my operation. Barry Stein. I never drink. Why? And Ed Sullivan. I might even lend you my light up. So it's time to light him up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Good. The Cigar Authority is here. You are finally done to tell about nothing.
4: And we're back with our number two broadcasting live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in the cigar industry, and Barry knows what's up. We'll get to that and lots more. Welcome back to The Cigar Authority. And
1: you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com.
4: Okay, as we said uh, before we went to break, this is uh, a box of cigars. They made a thousand of them. This is the Hammer and Sis- Sickle moscow city and um it's a toro six by 54 and uh when they were made they were all made at once One thousand boxes were made and eric said uh which box do you want i want to give you a box and uh i said i'll have number two and he said number two is taken and um i said okay i'll take number a thousand so this was actually the last box of hammer and sickle Box 1,000 out of 1,000, and he signs it, um, thank you for, thank you, exclamation point, our friendship means the world to me, and it meant the world to me too. And I'll never forget Jerry Hansen, but um, I get a box like this and I save it because maybe 10 years, long time. I let a long time go by. And then when I get together with that person or something, I say, I pull it out and they're like, oh my God, look at this. And I go, well, today's the day, let's smoke it. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have that opportunity to do uh, with Eric, but um, I do have Eric Wentworth who stayed in the audience, (coughs) is watching. So he's smoking one along. Uh, It's only a box of 10. Uh, I'm going to hang on to the uh, last row. And Eric, let's not forget this. So years from now, um, we'll, we'll continue to end up uh, smoking that. That's and that's true.
1: something, uh, you had gifted <clears throat> Eric Kansen, a box of, uh, was it 19? 19... I think 79. 79 Macanudos. Trying to, exp- you know, he didn't
4: realize that Macanudo made cigars in Jamaica back in the day. And I said, I have this and I want to give it to you. And he, he took it. We didn't smoke it or anything. But then he showed back a year to the day, put it in his calendar, and then shows up with two cigars each year. And says, "Hey, look what I brought. Today's the day," and I say, "Okay, I'm smoking a cigar." In the next year, in the next year, in the next year, and, the next year, and, the next year, and it, every year, which so every time he ends up smoking a cigar with me. But it was a gift for him to do whatever he wanted. But that's what he wanted to do again. And that's
1: that. But people shouldn't forget <clears throat> that that is what cigars are all about. Yeah, you get a tradition going with somebody, and. My brother and I smoke cigars every year on the 4th of July. It's kind of our thing. We do a little grilling. We hang out, maybe ride the dirt bikes. But that is the most precious time that we have together. There's no other stuff. We just sit there and sometimes don't even say anything, just enjoying each other's company. And the cigar gives you something to do when you're not talking.
4: All right. What do we know about this, Barry?
6: Well, today's second cigar is Moscow City. And it's the Toro measuring 6 by 54 It features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over Dominican binders and fillers, and it's no longer available. However, you can still get some Moscow cities at twoguyscigars.com. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries them, try twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com.
4: So they don't make it any longer because of the wrapper and binder
6: on this particular size.
1: Uh, Can I ask Eric, Eric Wentworth a question? Is this what is in that Spire packaging? Gotcha. Okay, so you could still get this blend in those jars. Yes. All right. There, there are some of those those uh, Moscow City jars on the market at places.
6: Is the second rendition coming out? That'll be coming out shortly. Second rendition will be coming out shortly. Okay.
4: But that has a different cigar. Yeah, different cigar altogether. No broadleaf, right? Yeah, it's going to so be traditional tradition. being the yeah. spire
6: number two. And the
4: problem is Connecticut broadleaf right now, that Connecticut broadleaf is, is a, a tough, tough thing to get. Uh, not only do you have to overpay to get it, but try to get some good stuff. Where
1: Not to mention it's a, it's a regular crop. It's the United States. It's yeah. very weather-based. You only get one shot.
4: And I don't know if Barry's going to get to it, but... There's going to be a lot of issues, Connecticut Broadleaf being one issue that's going to be hard to get any cigar with Connecticut Broadleaf. It's also going to be hard, any cigar made out of Nicaragua that's having problems. We'll get get to that in a little while. But right now, let's give this a cut and light. I'm dying to try it. How old is this now?
1: This This is is nine years old? At least nine years old, yeah.
4: It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax, and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for
1: quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Cut that with authority. Hmm? That was loud. Yeah. I thought maybe you got the microphone. Well, I had to
4: make-up for the uh, first hour where we had the cigar cut in advance well, now every time you do it, I think of uh, I say I say it when I smoke a cigar regularly. And I'm by myself. I just go. Through yeah, but it old... was so great when Christian <laughs> was
8: in here. He just cracked up over your sound effect there.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Christian, right at the beginning when we started the show too, and he's yeah. one of the first advertisers. And. Um, The thing about Christian is he never listened to the show before. (laughs) So he did the show. He listened to the show while it was going on. He listened to it on the plane after he did, and he called me the next day with all kinds of, you know what you should be doing, is this, this, this. I said, it's, we're on our ninth year. Here you are nine years later giving me the constructive criticism that I could have used a long time ago, but I'll take it. You know the,
1: uh, those old school Italian lemon cookies mm. with, the, with the white powder?
4: I don't owe too well.
1: What you got to do is you got to get a paintbrush. you got to brush off all that white powder because it, it has nothing to do with the flavor that's going on here. Then you take a bite out of the lemon cookie. How about
4: not putting it on in the first place? Do you have to put it on then take it off?
1: Well, it's part of the cookie, okay. so it, it comes that way. <laughs> but there's, a, there's an old-school Italian leather, um, old-school Italian cookie taste on the cold drawer of this.
4: Well, you, you Freudently said leather, which is w- what you really taste. No. You Freudently said it.
1: I didn't Freudently nothing. <laughs> you did. I was staring at a look at this. I got a leather Hermitage box in front of me. That's why I was saying leather.
6: The leather's exciting him. Yeah. Send, right. send in the gimp. Enough. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: Enough of the two of you. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Attache. The Vertigo Attache features an easy adjustment wheel at the bottom.
4: <laughs> All right, I'm laughing now. Bill Adam's starting to laugh. Good.
1: Solitary jet and the patented Vertigo big ass tank. The Vertigo Attache retails for an amazing <coughs> $9.99. How much? Full metal jacket. They retail for (coughs) (coughs) $9.99. Pinpoint accuracy on the single jet. And let me tell you, this big-ass tank fuels other lighters that have two jets. This one only has one. It's going to last twice as long. It looks
4: like a Jeep, but it's metal, and it's refillable, and has the window, and it's
1: pretty awesome. And it's a jet. I like a single jet. I like a single jet as well. I like the pinpoint accuracy of it all. I think... Yeah, for touch-ups, a single jet's the way to go. Listen, Ed Sullivan, I'm not carrying around two friggin' lighters.
6: You, everybody should have three or four lighters. You want a single jet for touch-ups and thinner ring gauge of cigars. You like the touch-up,
4: Ed
8: Sullivan. You're, well, and I smoke thinner ring gauge anyway,
6: yeah, so. so... they're more full body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course they <I> are. <laughs> you, you use a double jet for Robusto and Toros, you use a triple jet for 60s, and then you use the quad for 70s and 80s. Hmm. Yeah. I don't smoke 70s and 80s. It's not like you use one screwdriver for every screw. You need multiple lighters for the task at hand. you
1: need one flat one and one Phillips one, and that's it.
6: Yeah, what happens if you get a really small screw?
1: I I have the same size screwdriver for everything. Just change the tip. (laughs)
6: <laughs> he just agreed with my argument
1: Just shut up and eat that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Because you have to I was hoping you Be- No, I would never it. forget this these, these are sacrilegious You they're, have they're to do crime it against In honor of Eric Hansen Because he loved Reese's Peanut so, Butter Cups So
6: Eric Hansen would come with candy In the beginning we came with Reese's and Caramello caramellos, And I didn't eat Reese's And he, he thought there was something wrong with me And there, there probably is, is. So probably. he started bringing Kit Kats So I would have Kit Kats but I tried the Caramello. I never heard of it. Never tried it. Didn't even know it existed. It's not my favorite candy. Oh. I can't look at them now for the rest of my life without thinking of Eric. Sure. But the yeah. fact that I refuse to eat these in his presence, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have one. And uh, it's sacrilegious. It's against everything I believe. Do you eat peanut butter sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I don't eat it with bread made out of chocolate.
1: Well, That's because there's something wrong with you.
6: Yeah. Now you are. It's delicious. Oh. No, it's terrible. You like chocolate, Mm
8: -hmm. clearly. In the words
6: of Charles Barkley, it's terrible.
8: Now, Barry, is it the combination of chocolate and peanut butter, or the fact that they don't go together? It's really not peanut butter. It's some kind of peanutty dust or something. It's like the peanut
6: butter in one of those cheese and the peanut butter crackers that you get in the uh, gas station. Yeah. What's that peanut butter, but it's Why are custom. you
1: eating food at a gas station?
4: <laughs> <laughs> gas station? <That's> snacks. <laughs> are you
6: kidding me? We need, me? To, we need not, to
1: really delve it, into this. It's not like I also. got
6: Mike Mikey, who works here in Salem, that's eating the hot dogs from 7 Eleven.
4: What do you do when you go to a gas station? Pump gas and that's it? <laughs> I've never stepped foot in a gas station. <laughs> I pump inside. gas, I gotta
6: get a drink, and then
4: usually a snack. You can't get any snacks if you're staying outside the whole time. That's why they
1: let you do the card swipe. You swipe the card, you they pump should, the gas, they, you get the hell out of they there. They
4: should stop that. They should stop oh, yeah. it. You have to slide it in inside. That's the whole mistake oh, that's happening. No. I need some more vodka.
8: Of course you do. Here, <sighs> I'll just
4: give you the bottle. Can I, have drink, at can it. I drink right from it? No. No. <laughs> mean serving thing
8: well i will say though that jonathan has quietly refilled his glass at least twice that i've observed you know ed
4: sullivan where rats go
8: actually they go to hell it's three (laughs) and
6: i've had to catch up to him
4: (laughs) i'm on my second so tonight's the sold out father and son night that we've been doing now jesus gotta be eight years nine years. years yeah um so if you're not part of it and you can't do it do it yourself Do it yourself. Call your kids up, have a cigar with them. Or call your dad up, sit down, have a cigar with them. If you can, your daughters, do it with them. I may call my
1: dad up and just have him sit there and watch me smoke a cigar. He won't smoke, but just sit there. Dad,
4: I want to have a cigar with you. Well, I don't smoke. That's all right. Stay and watch me. Pretend
1: like you're smoking a cigar and don't talk. It'll be perfect.
4: You'll, You'll be sorry if you don't. You'll be sorry if you don't. So... Uh, it's important to do it, and I would say do it. So, all right, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein.
10: It's
1: time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse Cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled n to bar for a perfect draw every, every time. time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse Cigar today.
6: And it's been a hard week in the cigar industry. In addition to losing our dear friend Eric Hansen, the industry also saw the passing of Kano Osgener, the founder of CAO Cigars. He was 81 years old. Jono.
4: Johnno. Yeah, the C is pronounced as J. Why didn't you jump in there? You're correcting him <laughs> on yes, pronunciation. Yes, I am, which is, what the hell is going See, on See, there's here? a
6: baseball player, Roberto Cano, and he spells it that really? way. So, um, and as we reported a couple weeks nice, ago. Nice, nice man,
4: by the way. Great man.
6: As we reported a couple weeks ago, the Pan American Highway in Nicaragua is l- roadblocked, and the situation in Nicaragua gets worse. Various manufacturers have stated they are now unable to get cigars out of Esteli, And those who manage to get them out see the trip that normally takes a couple hours taking over 12. The situation escalated this past Thursday as workers went on a 24-hour labor strike, which was supported by the Nicaraguan Cigar Association. The U.S. State Department currently maintains a Level 3 travel advisory for Nicaragua, discouraging, discouraging travel
4: to the country and urges U.S. citizens to vacate and i I hear that the flights going there are totally empty and the flights coming back are totally jam-packed they're all leaving
6: and the davidoff diademus venus was originally released in 2006 for the 100th birthday of xeno davidoff and it will return this july and lastly as expected the cra caa and ipcpr have appealed the dc court decision and have seeked the delay of the implementation of warning labels and later this month the case will be heard between the texas retailers and the fda and that's what's up in the cigar world
1: what's up in the cigar world was brought to you by recluse cigars the recluse amadeus habano reserva uses grade a ecuadorian habano wrapper a san andreas binder a dominican Lajero, seco and pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos which create a blend we call the cigar of the year Recluse Cigars is
4: what's up next week. It's the launch of the Soccer Firecracker. Steve Sock will join us and his firecracker from Nicaragua. And people were saying, "You got them in already? Why don't you start selling?" And he said, "No, we sell them towards the end of end of June, and this is how we do it." Can we start and
1: calling it the SOC cracker?
4: cracker, sure. Can we okay. do that? What is the official name of it? Sockracker, the, Sock the uh, Firecracker. Okay, Miquelita Firecracker. And um, when
1: did it get two L's in it? Me, Caida, firecracker. It's me, Carita, or Rita. Tomato, tomato.
4: There we go. Anyway, Steve's going to come on the show. Always a good show when Steve comes on, and uh, we'll talk about uh, that new cigar, and that will be launched, not this Monday, the following Monday morning, right? That's Uh,
1: correct, a week from Monday. Ed Sullivan, you won't be here, so I will be vigilant, and I will do the ultimately count for you. Thank you. Steve Saka has that little tick that he does where he says the word ultimately about 50 times an episode. So you're going to count them? I, I typically keep track. So what do you say,
4: ultimately? <laughs> he says ultimately. ultimately
1: a lot. Really?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the, that's they're his, saying in the audience, too, that Sean's saying it word. does. Really? I'm going to pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> but if he's listening to this, which he says he never does, but he does, he will not say it, not even once, because you're saying it.
1: And we'll see if he really does listen. Now he's going to have to say it.
4: Ah, good. now he has ah, to say a little that reverse reverse
1: psychology. Ah,
4: uh, <laughs> he's way way ahead of us on that. The following week, Eric Newman will be on, and we'll we'll talk a little about him. Of uh, he's too much of a gentleman to get into that. Uh, ugliness of the big companies and the little
1: companies, what's going on. We may be able to push them, though. Yeah,
4: we're going to push them. We're going to push them. And uh, then I will be heading out July 7th, uh, getting ready for IPCPR. We're going to talk about um, who's going to be big at the trade show, who's going to be small. We're going to tell you all the new releases that are coming out, all the old releases that are coming back. Uh, that's going to be on the July 7th show. Moving forward to July 14th, I'll be at the show. Jonathan's going to stay behind. Ed Sullivan's going to stay behind. Barry's going to stay behind. You're doing it without us, without me again. Oh yeah. The big toe will not be here.
1: I don't and even know what that means. I <laughs> won't be here.
4: And then on uh, July 21st, I don't know why, because it was on <laughs> on uh, some 80s movie, Stripes. There we go. <laughs> Stripes. That's why he got it.
1: It's so awkward to be called the toe. The
4: big toe. The big toe. And if Eric Hansen was here, he would know right off the bat that what wow. that was. Sergeant Hulka, the big toe.
8: Jonathan, you can be the little toe because I, I don't think they're strictly needed. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that plays out for the 14th show.
4: <laughs> we have a cigar event planned uh, of something we never did before. It's called Cigars and Guitars, a United Cigar Experience, Uniting Cigars in Guitars. It's going to be on Friday, September 28th. 6 to 9 p.m. here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, learn to play some smoking blues guitars with Guitar Ninja founder Jason Land. He's a listener of the show. He's from California. He's flying up. He's going to teach us how to play the guitar. We're going to smoke a couple of cigars, and then we all get... Um, two cigars and all access to the Cigar Ninja online course after that. And Jonathan needs
8: to show me what he learned after that because we went to see Rye Cooter this yeah. week, and I
1: expect him to be that good. Yeah. He's only the number eight living guitar player of all time. Yes. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. And at like a 100 years old, the dude can rip. <laughs> can
4: rip. All right, all right. All right, the following... That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup <laughs> of the week, brought to you by VS. You're
1: not in you not this
6: week, Ed, Jonathan.
4: VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle?
1: Dave would, because <laughs> I was going mailbag on that.
4: Would you rather never laugh again versus never use your smartphone again? Never laugh again or never use your smartphone again. What's more important to you? This hasn't been a very laughing week for me. And uh, maybe uh, I would rather not use my smartphone than... Not use my smartphone. Really?
6: And, and you must use it a lot, Barry. <coughs> it's destroyed conversation in America. I believe so. You go out. I'll guarantee you tonight, you look I, around the place, there'll be more
4: people on the phone than talking to each other. I believe what has hurt... Social is social media. Yep. It has hurt people of the act of speaking. You are correct. Yeah, that's what I think. And that's why I think something like the event we're doing tonight is important. Sit there and talk. Get no, off your
1: phones. No, I need my phone. So no I'd laugh. give up laughing, and I would take up stand-up comedy. And then I'd be all set. I'd be able to deliver all the punchlines, straight-faced, I'm no like Barry? Correct.
4: <laughs> but you're just taking this because... But you would rather smartphone it's not that important to you you don't even use it i got no battery left it's only
1: we're only halfway through the day yeah, it's all that ed sullivan been
4: watching. i'm gonna stick with the laughter yeah you want the laughter right
6: absolutely yeah, absolutely ed I sullivan don't under- i don't
1: think i've ever heard you laugh yeah you
6: haven't, you haven't seen him on wednesday around pete <laughs> i did i did fi- i did 50
4: years without a smartphone i could do 50 more i'm not even gonna live 50 more i want to go back to the days of the flip phone
1: I want to go back to the days of flipping the bird.
4: How about the payphone? phone? Huh? Pulling, pulling up and putting oh. a dime in the phone and making a phone and, call? And yeah. the rotary phone. You
8: yeah. needed a good phone number. Otherwise, oh. it took forever to dial
6: it.
4: Yeah, here in New <coughs> Hampshire, 898. Oh, my God, oh, that was that's a pain. No good. Oh, he lives in New Hampshire? Uh, I'm no. not calling him. <laughs> and back in
6: the day, <laughs> you'd be able to unscrew the uh, mouthpiece on a, on a pay payphone, take a little can cap from a bottle of soda, tap it to the mouthpiece it would be like you drop the quarter and you'd make a free phone call
4: i saw that in a movie before it actually worked really yeah until phone company got wise of it i i knew you could do you could take the mouthpiece off Mm. and then you could touch the metal part with a wire and Mm. touch inside the mouthpiece Mm. and actually make the click Mm. and it would work as as a dime dropped in Mm.
1: which is what he just did with a bottle cap no he's saying just
4: Touch it like the sound had. No you had to Unscrew the oh, thing Oh yeah And then short it, it. The, the, Oh it yes, was the metal Yes, yes. I, Oh I, I did it with a wire
1: was, you, The it, two of you Were criminals it, 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 You just it, admitted to Possibly it, a felony it, it, On a podcast they only I did. don't have a dime on me
4: And I'm gonna pay for it I mean Walking around With all those dimes All the time I was time. gonna say The only <laughs>
8: difference Between yours and Barry's Is his call cost a quarter And yours cost a dime mm-hmm. Cause you were
4: in New York It was a quarter
1: Yeah Well I was Yeah oh, And you, you had to older? buy the soda Yeah <laughs> to get the bottle cap, so. Right. But in the end, so you he a had soda.
4: But he had the money. If I did it, because I, I didn't have the money, but I did have the wire.
1: I can't believe the two of you well, are old new, hardened on criminals. On the old
6: New York City meters, when they first switched to digital, yeah. if you sat there with the quarter half into the meter for wait. 30 seconds, it would, <laughs> fault, it would fault the meter and you'd be able to park all day because it would never expire. Ah. So you used to go to like the... the Italian neighborhoods, Benz and and all that, every single meter on the block would be failed because all the guys in the uh, cafe didn't want to go and feed oh, the Or you put meters.
4: a paper bag that said damaged on it. Yeah, over, that worked yeah. for a while, too.
1: I'm disgusted. You're, you're,
4: too, you're too young to know. that. I'm this too
1: much of a straight shooter. I just put the quarters in the frigging meter.
4: All right, let's, uh, what do we run out of time here? What do what we got to do here? We're at the matchup of the week. We did. Uh, so let's uh, give our early thoughts here on
1: Moscow City. Toro. There's a subtle umami taste that I'm getting out of it, which is synonymous with that Dominican tobacco. A little bit of sweetness coming off the wrapper. A little lemongrass. I'm getting a little lemongrass.
6: Took me a while to get past the peanut butter and chocolate, but there is that umami. Um, <clears throat> there's also a sweetness, an underlying sweetness. Leather. What is this, the
1: ash
4: holes? You're just going to agree with me? No, I don't get any leather. Really? I got it from the pre light and still to not.
6: If to I know. take this
1: box off the counter, do you still taste it? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> <Right there. laughs>
6: but no. yeah, that was my impersonation of Dan. Pastor <laughs> drone.
4: They agree with each other?
6: Uh, Aaron always goes first, and Dan always goes, yes, that's exactly what I get too.
4: Okay. Maybe they have palates that agree with each other or not.
6: And we're talking about our friends at The Ash Holes, which could be followed at the asshole, <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Shh. The Ash
1: Holes.
4: The assholes <coughs> They're D- doing good. That shows. Dave's good. made
1: the mistake yeah. many times.
4: Yes, I have. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to prepare for the No Ed Sullivan Show next week. Who will take the reins on the wheels of steel? We're going to debate that and an offer you can't refuse. My well, here's Gary Starr, I'll do it! <laughs> oh, it? We're you live it from here. the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth a silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding!
6: Join me, Barry Stein from the Cigar Authority, on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number Nine from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android.
7: Available at top retailers like TwoGuysCigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar & Company.
2: It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network.
4: Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What
1: the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for jose dominguez well what you should be doing is talking about how good they are that jose dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake jose dominguez not singing a song if that's what you think you're doing what i am doing is creating what is known as a donut
4: This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority. As soon as the mic goes on, Barry starts coughing. That's the way we do it here, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana cigar sound set. It tri- Are you going to triggers- make it? It triggers him. Down putt. Uh, he he, he, he you. ate one of those uh, beer claw- lobster, cl- lobster claws, the big uh, thing on one bite. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think his mic's on, Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Ed, see, it's it's off on purpose. Ed Sullivan is leaving us next week. Where's he going, and why? Where is that Ed Sullivan? Where are you going? Um, going to Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, family there? No.
8: Yeah. All, all, all my
4: Ed Sullivan. No, it are
8: my uh, antecedents. They all live there. Ancestors, what have you? They
1: live in Portugal? No. Scotland. No. Ireland?
4: Yes. Oh, good. So what's in Portugal?
8: Well, you know, my wife and I talked about it. I think, as you know, I used to travel a lot, over a million air miles. So if it was up to me, I would vacation on my couch. Right. But I said, yeah, I'd be willing to go to either Ireland or France. And she said, fine, we'll go to Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to Portugal. Exactly so right. I
4: think that's an odd place to, to go, <clears throat> Portugal.
8: Well, well, you know, Spain is more common, I think, but Portugal's got nice beaches, yeah, Lisbon's supposed to be a nice city, so I'll get a full report from. I, I learned
1: think. from Dave earlier this morning that in Portugal they speak Portuguese.: It's true, that is strange, yeah I'll I say that it was he felt the need to point that out. <laughs> <I did. laughs> <laughs> it's not like it was Brazil, and he says, "You know, I, I think they speak Portuguese right. in Brazil." It's Portugal, right? I Don't think they speak Brazilian? I think that they uh, <laughs> speak Portuguese there. They no, do. I think in Brazil it's Portuguese as well. Yeah, it
4: is. It is.
1: Brazilian is uh, is the wax. Correct.
8: Correct. <laughs> so, Dave, who's, who's going to produce next week,
1: then? Are you well, going to step in? I or? am not. Right. I am not, for sure. Dave did say to me uh, last week, you know what? I'm going to sit here and watch you produce. And he lasted about three minutes
8: <laughs> and got interest. into a
1: full panic attack and went and sat down someplace There's else. There's a lot going on now in the production.
4: It wasn't like the old days.
1: It, it, it was a lot going on in the old days. This is refined. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, you used to get so mad. It's so easy. No, it isn't. It's not easy. See, I'm
6: going to tell you why you should produce. You're going to have Dave and Steve Soccer on the panel. By having me up here, it makes them look thinner.
1: Well, I'm going to make the argument that by having you up here, we risk not being able to hold all the weight up on the stage. We've right.
6: stress tested before. I've been up here with Soccer and Dave. So
1: and so. I, if you agree to produce all of the other podcasts during the week, I will do the Cigar Authority.
6: And tonight, after the father-son-daughter dinner... I have somehow managed to agree to dye my hair blonde. So our listeners are going to want to see me with blonde hair. I
4: think
1: you have an awful high opinion of yourself.
6: <laughs> so they were all going to write in this week and say they want to see
4: Barry with blonde hair. You're going to do a Sean? Sean's blonde right now. Barry's going to make blonde hair this week. Blonde he likes it. He's got a smile on his face. He's actually approving of this.
6: My daughter said i keep the facial hair dark and I'll be the Guy Fieri of the cigar world. You're going to spike going it to like, have-
1: like Sean does? You spike it up? Maybe. Are You're going to have the curtain match the drapes? Are we going full scale on this? No, I, I'm a fan of Bra- the Brazilian. Brazilian. <laughs> you have the lowest tolerance for pain for anyone I've ever met. I can't see that happening. No, it's pretty high. I'm
4: here for two hours with you every week. <laughs> there we go. So who's going to do it? It's going to be Barry. Does Barry know how to do it now? Oh, yeah. He's well-versed. Does Barry know how to do it?
1: Barry knows I, a lot. I
6: could probably figure it out. Yeah. I <laughs> won't do it with the expertise that Jonathan does. Ed
1: Sullivan will leave his notes and... Barry will be all set.
6: Is that going to be I'm, it? I'm calling for a write-in campaign that people want to see me with the blonde hair. You can hair. call
1: for anything you want. I'm pulling rank. You're doing it.
6: And Dave has the final say.
4: All right. What I do have the final say is the Don Rafael offer of the day. Did you bring cash? Mm-hmm. I did bring cash, but this will be for next week. And we could get not to see Barry with his blonde hair, but I will give $100. If you wear rubber underwear filled with ice cubes hmm. and do at least an hour on the set with it, rubber underwear filled with ice cubes, one hour on the set, next week, right here on the show. Now, do you supply the underwear? No. No. They, you, they have rubber underwear, believe me. Yeah, I, I've I, heard stories. Well, I'd probably have to
6: get it custom made in my mm-hmm. case.
1: Um, you don't have a pier? I have uh, of course I have several pairs. yes <laughs> many different colors to match my shoes <laughs> latex I have um, but I can't have uh, extreme cold on my junk for more than five minutes so I, w- I would have to tap out on that. Who has the low threshold for pain now? It's not so much the pain I just I just don't like the coldness. Uh-huh. He, I figured
6: he, he can't afford the shrinkage. That's right. what it is. You know it's the good.
1: story of me and the straight razor in my nether regions. I've taken a co- entire wrinkles off, no problem. <laughs> it's not the pain; it's the cold. I don't do the cold. Barry?
6: No.
4: It's And I don't have to ask you're you. Gonna be a, you're going to be in Brazil or wherever you're going to be, right? <laughs> in some places be Portuguese, <laughs> right? <laughs> Could it be Portugal? Okay, that's the Don Raphael offer of the day, and it's not going to happen. $100. I'm going to figure I'm going to go with the $100 thing because (laughs) I want you guys to say, yes, you're going to do it, and the following week, we do it. Mm
1: -hmm. Huh? When you pick one, I'll do it. I right, pick one. I'm keeping your money. No, you can't pick one that has ice on my balls. I don't do that. I don't have very many lines, but that's one of them.
6: That's a good Saturday night for me.
4: You're welcome to jump in
1: here. Uh, Saturday.
6: Yeah, it probably cost me twice that just to get a custom (laughs) pair of underwear to fit.
4: Get a big garbage bag. (laughs) Just cut some holes (laughs) in it. Put the two legs through it. It's a show. Do do it for the show. For the
0: show!
1: Uh, No? Not that one, no. No. (laughs) Okay. All right, we're going to catch it one of these times. And the following message is submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And John writes, you've talked about smoking cigars that you buy in the lounge, at the lounge, smoking them in the lounge. You recently addressed the concern of underhumidified cigars from the lounge humidor. I understand your stance on only smoking what you buy at the lounge or shop, but my problem with smoking a cigar fresh from the humidor is I like my cigars at a lower humidity, and it range from 60 to 75, and almost all lounges and shops that I have access to keep their cigars at 70% humidity. What is your advice for someone who likes drier cigars than what is available at the lounges that provide their cigars at?
4: Most likely they're not at 70. Yes, they keep it at 70 like we do, but we have people opening and closing the door all day long. So it's getting 70% humidity half of the day. In the other half of the day, it dramatically drops off because of the opening and closing of the cases. Walk, even walking humidors, everything, it drops. You open it up and, shoo, and we watch the numbers end up cranking down.
1: And we do a little trick here on the Cigar Authority that nobody knows about and I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit. We take the cellophane off. Before the show starts, because you reduce your burn issues and you also reduce humidity on the outside of that cigar, giving you a better burn. So we take the cellophane off and let all eight cigars that we're going to smoke during that show rest for an hour before the show even starts. So by the time we get to the second cigar, the humidity has dropped dramatically on that stick. It's something that you could do. You could buy the cigar, just let it sit out out of the cellophane, type away on your computer. You've already made a purchase. You're all set. And then light the cigar up right. in half an hour how, or so. How
8: about this, Dave? If it's something I purchase from the store, something you sell, I bring the one that I want to smoke and then buy one
4: when I get to the store. So I'm still smoking something I purchased. Yeah, from I walk you walk in smoking and you buy a cigar and go in the lounge and you got the one you already lit. And of course, that's good. You, you, you made the purchase.
1: The, I, the idea I'd is, sign is up you, you're that.
4: paying for your seat, right? Right. You made a purchase. And, but you can't come in with, I don't think you go sit in the lounge with a cigar that the store doesn't even carry, and then Correct. people say, hey, what are you smoking? Oh, I bought this online, and I got it a good deal. and Not good for business. No.
1: Not good. Not good for the industry.
4: Not good for anything. Not good for anything. Um, all right, anything else? You really must not have any questions for the Classic 3-Way. I have plenty. I have actually, you want, want to go to the Classic 3-Way? I got six and one. Six questions, and I got one Sounds like an IPCPR special. Tiebreaker? Tiebreaker. All right, let's do it. Let's do it
1: per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where
2: that came from, yeah!
1: Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet sun-grown and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com, that's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar.
4: Ed Sullivan, our champion once again, and it goes to you first, Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur, also known as Tupac. He was one of the most notable figures in the East Coast, West Coast hip hop rivalry. He released four albums, eventually selling over 75 million albums worldwide. He was killed in a drive-by shooting after watching a Mike Tyson fight in Las Vegas, Nevada, but he was born today, what year? let's go with 1971 71 he says 65 65 68 68 somebody has two points ed sullivan damn it 71 not to get sick of it ed sullivan with two points moving over to you mr jonathan geronimo native american hero from the apache wars who led his people in the fight against the u.s and mexico He had nine wives and fathered six children. His first wife, children, and mother were attacked and killed by the Mexican soldiers. He was forced to surrender and lived many of his remaining years as a prisoner of war. Geronimo, born today, what year? 1697. 1697. 1838. 1838. And I had 1827. 1827 for
1: the point, 1829. Are you friggin' kidding me? I'm beginning to suspect Ed Sullivan. Is he cheating? No. Can you guys see the screen there? One thing is he won't win next week. (laughs) That's a good point.
4: (laughs) Barry. Arthur Stanley Jefferson. Also known as Thomas Jefferson. George Jefferson. Sudley Moore. Stan Laurel. Comic actor best known for one half of the Laurel and Hardy. Classic duo actor, began the era in silent films and that lasted 25 years. Stan Laurel, born today, what year?
6: 1891. 1891. Is it me? Yep.
4: 1878. 1878. 1890.
1: Unless it's exact, Barry's got it.
4: 1890, somebody has two points. Mr. Jonathan, who thinks he made a mistake and that's why he got the two points isn't that weird do the opposite you didn't want that number you did exactly the opposite (laughs) i said
1: i either have it exact or barry's got this
4: all right so it's on to ed sullivan james brian helwig also known as james brian helwig anything the ultimate warrior Ah. born in crocusville indiana died in 2014 but he was born today Hmm. what year the ultimate warrior let's go with 1972 72 1958 58 56 56. mr jonathan gets a point it's 59 you almost got two but you got one we have a two-way tie here mr jonathan and Ed Sullivan and a Barry actually taking Mr. Jonathan's spot with the goose egg. And I have two more questions and a tiebreaker. Who's this to?
6: Me. <clears throat>
4: Psycho. The psychological horror film directed by Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock starring Janet Lee Anthony Perkins, opened in New York City today. What year? The movie Psycho. I'm
1: waiting for you two Jamokes to write it down. I'm already written. You have your answers locked in. 1960. 1960, he says. 61. 61. 63. 63. Somebody
4: has two points. Mr. Jonathan. 1960. Oh, he's on a tier. Five to two. Suck it, no. bitches.
1: I think I have three. Five to three. Five to three. We have one question and a tiebreaker. There's no need for a friggin' tiebreaker if I'm in the lead after this. Just really? for the record.
6: Well, if he ties you, then there's, there's a need for a tiebreaker. So he let us know there is a tiebreaker. He ain't
1: tiebreaking me. Let's go, Ed Sullivan. I got this on <laughs> lock.
4: It goes to Barry. Yes. Blues Brothers. The movie premiered in Chicago today. What year? The Nin- Blues Brothers. Nineteen seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty.
1: And I too have nineteen eighty. It's written down, so whatever Ed Sullivan gets on this, I get two. Did you do that on purpose to? So it was already t- written down.
4: That looks like 1990 to
1: me. Well, that's <laughs> 1980. I know it wasn't 1990.
4: <laughs> well, Ed Sullivan gets two points, and so do I.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Ed Sullivan, you can go on vacation knowing you're a loser.
4: Five to seven, and it you because you got a tie there. Don't you think you deserve the final? question there was Just there is state. no tie
1: I'm at seven but he, and he's at five that's he, not a tie do sure. you understand how tie work
10: ties, yeah, yeah ties but work? he
4: got the, he got the
1: points before you <laughs> he did not get them before <laughs> me we wrote our answers down at the same time you're Come welcome on, to ask the last question but it isn't going to change anything I am the champion and you will not take this from me can't touch this oh by MC Hammer
4: peaked at number eight today hang on, on I charts. gotta figure out what can't touch in. this
1: I can't, know exactly when it can't was.
4: Can't touch this. 1983. 83 says Barry. 1985. 85. It's 1989. It's 1990, but you get the point and win, and you got it. Do you want to keep this? Because no. you haven't won in a long time.
1: <laughs> All that matters is that I'm a pressure player. I, I seem to do well when things are on the line. Like Ed Sullivan's going away. I've got to represent as the champion next week.
4: You and, are the champion next you, week. You, and you and know what Ed you want, Ed Sullivan right? doesn't like it. You won the
6: right to produce.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you congratulations. beat the producer, therefore you are the producer. Beat huh. the producer. So uh, tomorrow is Father's Day, um, July 5th, 1908, in a West Virginia church held in honor for 362 men that were killed in an explosion from a coal company seven months prior, and many Uh, There were fathers gathered together, and that started it. Two years later, Washington became the first state in the country to make it a statewide holiday. That was June 19, 2010. Slowly, the holiday began to spread. With the help of President Woodrow Wilson in 1924, President Calvin Coolidge urged all states to observe Father's Day. uh, But it did not become an official holiday until 1972. Wow! Imagine all those years. Mother's Day had already
1: become a national holiday in 1914. Yeah, they leave it. They leave us to the end. But it took six years later. How do you guys feel about buying presents for every single person that you know is a father? No, that's ridiculous. No. It's ridiculous, right?
4: You buy it for your father, and that's, that's it. it. You buy your father a present. And
6: we don't celebrate holidays like alive. that. You, your wife's father too, because he's now your father-in-law.
4: Well, when you, you, and the gifts coming buy, from yeah. both of you. Right. It becomes joint on it's both joint, ends.
1: It's a joint present. I'm with you there.
4: So do people spend much money on Father's Day? Americans are expected to spend about $15.3 billion on Father's Day this year.
1: Yeah, oh, it's $30 billion for mothers. but
4: I have the number on mothers. It's hmm. $23.1 billion.
1: I was the closest without going over. From, from
4: 15 <laughs> to $21 billion. But uh, hopefully they're spending some of that here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Would that be yes. nice? <laughs> Fifteen point three billion dollars. We spend more because they complain more. The average. Spend the views <laughs> of
1: Barry Stein are not necessarily reflecting the views of the rest of the panel here what, at the what, cigar. Authority. What's the
4: average spend on a father for Father's Day? Uh, uh, Fifty-five dollars. Uh, uh, Fifteen dollars. Twenty-seven. One hundred thirty-five. You cheap bastards. <laughs> I'm just going
1: by what I get. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that high. You're bringing the average down, Ed. Yeah.
4: So average is 135. If you get anything less than that, that's a good thing. As you retailers out there listen to the show and the people that are working here, somebody comes in to buy something, they spend $110. You know, the average is 135,
1: <laughs> just so you know. Are you saying that other people love their dads more than you love that's yours? Right.
4: How much do you love them? How much do you love them?
1: Uh, I end up bringing the average way down because my dad refuses to celebrate. Father's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays, Christmas, Easter. He's very anti holiday.
4: But if you gave him a gift, he would say I'm not accepting that. It's Father's Day.
1: He would it would count against me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. I would not be getting bonus points. I'd be getting anti points. Really? Maybe
4: yeah. you need to buy better gifts. Maybe he just didn't like what you bought him.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
4: Spend that $15 gift. To you. <laughs> <laughs> a,
1: a, a bushel of broccoli is the not most, a good gift. It's the most expensive big pen on the market. Writes upside down. Mm. All right. The following message was submitted through the contact us page of the cigar Hey guys, great show and enjoy the ability to smoke along with you with the care package. Uh, the other week you guys did the lighter maintenance and it went deeper than the last time. And it was great. I was able to resurrect another lighter. I also thoroughly enjoyed the strength gate segment for future shows how about taking a scientific approach to the old mold versus plume argument? Uh. Recently, a site I visited had a bit of scientific take on it that was mind-boggling. I uh, add that to my local retailer who is dense and actually believes in fairy tales. I don't know what he means by that. Mm. It's, it's usually mold, just so you know.
4: It's well, if you
6: there's no such thing as plume.
4: Well, there is plume, yeah. but the, it's a rarity as opposed yes. to overhumidified mold
1: thank you also uh what about a month going four weeks with the care package and a show with extreme variation on opposing tasting notes pick something so obviously one tasting note over the others each week to get people more into it i don't might be hard to do it for 20 dollars, but if that cigar can't be included in the care package just pick one that easily can that can easily get to play along with the home version Barry, Dave, Mr. Jonathan, and Ed Sullivan, right. thanks for the many hours of enjoyment and learning from your yada, show. Yada. Keep it up.
4: But explain that again. What is he trying to so say? So he wants
1: to say, let's say, uh, we all decided that this cigar tasted resoundingly like leather. So this ends up in the care package. Oh, you're starting to taste the leather? No, them. not at all. <laughs> okay. And then everybody would get to know a cigar that tastes like leather if that's the flavor note that we're right. all picking up. So we would have to smoke several cigars in advance. I'm willing to be on the panel for that and pick out overwhelming tasting notes and those go in the, the care package so we say la giana natural has an almond
4: taste to it does it not
1: it's garofalo garofalo
4: Garoffalo. oh yeah it is it is it's garofalo connecticut right garofalo
1: does taste like the skin of the almond you get a little bit of that bitter a little bit of the sweet
4: yeah do you taste that too barry i get nuttiness uh, yeah
6: I haven't eaten a lot of almond almonds, but it's no, definitely nuts. It's obvious. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of someone who's eating a lot of nuts, <clears throat> there we go. Yeah, your brother's here. Your Brother's here.
1: <laughs>
4: that's how they do it in their family. They spend fifteen dollars for their father Father's Day, and they call each other bad names. And that's part of the charm of uh, the Mr. Jonathan family. That's right. So, what is the, is everybody in your family have Mr. Jonathan and the
1: my brother, Sammy B.
4: Sammy B. Jonathan? No. No? <laughs> no. But your wife is Miss
1: Mrs. Jonathan. That's what she goes by. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. She hates that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> she hates it. When we did, we just did a little uh, a four-stop tour over three months, and I marketed her as Mrs. Jonathan. Keep in mind, we're going to dance events, and she is nationally ranked in some dances and internationally ranked in others as a judge, she can call up Len Goodman and be on Dancing with the Stars anytime she wants as a coach. Why don't she do it? She doesn't want to. Why? She just doesn't want to.
4: Oh, my God.
1: The reason is because she wants to dance with Brian Bosworth, <laughs> and he, they were sl- she was slated to be on the show. Remember we did the um, Valentine's Day and we yeah. gave away her book? Yeah. She was supposed to have already been in California teaching him how to dance for two weeks before the show started to tape, and he got picked up for Dewey, and he couldn't be on the show. So they offered him Howie, They offered her Howie Long, and she said, I'm out. If it's not Brian Bosworth, I don't want to do it. So
4: did he ever do it?
1: No. She just has an unhealthy obsession with that dude. She has every <laughs> movie, both of them. He's written two books. She's got them both. She I has don't a little either. shrine. I don't so know she's who
6: dancing is. with Brian Bosworth. Would you cut in to dance with Brian Bosworth? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I would. Yes I would. <laughs> yes, I would.
1: I would even be the girl. All it right. wouldn't be the first time All right, It won't be the last
4: We're out of time and I'm glad the show is over Because I, it was rough, rough it start was. Hey uh,
1: congratulations to everybody on the show That was two rough weeks yeah. And I gotta say I think that we handled it not only with Class and grace but also very tough On <laughs> our end because we lost a friend yeah. To be able to come forward And we're not joking around out of irreverence We're joking around to be able to get through it And hopefully anybody that loses a loved one Can look to humor to help Kind of break out of the funk
4: very rough next week an explosive show steve Saka from the meat carita joins us with the 2018 firecracker we'll light it up and tell you how you can try it until then happy father's day to all the dads out there you've been listening to the cigar authority on the united podcast
1: network and no matter how you mispronounce whatever cigar you're smoking (laughs) always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth